As no doubt you know, in the new outlines for the recollections, the focus is now on today on uh, the three archangels and how we can draw from our prayer today a focus on their role in our life. And uh, they will tell today's dedicator, St. Michael, St. Gabriel, and St. Raphael especially the important message that they brought to humanity, how they've transmitted this to you and to, to me. We know that the, the greatest among the saints, from St. Augustine to St. John Henry Newman to St. Maria, always lived on very, very familiar terms with the angels. St. Thomas also has a whole treatise on the angels. He talks about their nature and their grace, their intellect and their love. And he solves all these questions with admirable uh, acuity. But our interest, like these saints, would be to grow in our knowledge and our relation, our intimate relation with the angels, because it is likely that many of the perhaps struggles that we have or problems that we have, or even I would say some of the greatest sufferings we endure, in some way have to do with our relations with others, things that pain us, things that, that um, preoccupy us, keep us up, often have to do with our relations whether we've hurt someone or we've been rejected or humiliated or forgotten or alone or, or we've maybe done harm to somebody in some way. If a relationship in our life deteriorates, we have a great need to rebuild it. And uh, we have to ask pardon, we have to start again. And if we don't work on these relationships, the breakdown can become chronic. We can have bad moods that set in very easily, just out of just because the, because it's slightly cloudy and we're in a bad mood, or because somebody made a joke that was maybe not the best, and we felt uh, somehow attacked or. And other things can happen, you know, even, I don't know, maybe a form of loneliness, that's, or whatever it is that, that we sometimes find hard to identify. And perhaps this is in part why we can use this time of prayer to rebuild, rebuild our relationships uh, 
with those hidden creatures, creatures of God that are the angels, these spiritual beings that are the angels that, that, that have an, a, just an amazing intelligence. They have, a, they have an intelligence that is way beyond ours. And so maybe we can actually build a relationship with them based on the knowledge we have acquired in part, but also based on real interactions that we can have with the angels. A real friendship with Michael, Gabriel, Raphael, and our guardian angel. And there are, of course, myriads of others, but those are the ones we know. After all, we see this in the history of salvation. We we read in the scriptures how familiar people are with their own angels. And we even, indeed, we see how often our Lord drives out bad angels. And nobody ever questions the reality of these bad angels or demons when he drives them out. He sometimes, they sometimes even say that he's driving them out by the power of Beelzebub. Everybody seems to talk about Beelzebub as though somebody that's just living down the street. I mean, no, nobody has any question whether or not Beelzebub exists. Today, in a modern context, people read about this, you know, oh, he has an evil demon, and they, they attribute it to folklore. But, it was, but the fact that they knew about evil demons is all the more reason why they were very, very aware of good angels, even if they were invisible. In other words, they had a relationship with angels. And our interest is to continue this constant presence that we see in the Old Testament through the different angels and on the threshold of the New Testament, especially where Gabriel makes his appearance there, instructs Zachariah or Zachary, uh, Joseph and Mary in the mysteries of the coming of the Son of God. This is the one we want to focus on now in our prayer. And um, I, I read recently about uh, this French Jesuit, uh, Jean Danielou, who became a cardinal and he worked, uh, I don't know, during the war and after the war with uh, Henri de Lubac and they, they became founders of an important uh, patristics school in France. He was a brilliant uh, brilliant scholar, and he, he did a very wide-ranging study of the angels as they were present in the Fathers of the Church and the Scripture. And if we hone in on St. Gabriel, he says that, well, the name means my power is God, or the power of God. And, and he underlines the fact that, as if to say, you know, my power is God, as if to say that the culmination of creation, of God's creation, the fulfillment of all his messages, the fulfillment of all the work of salvation is placed into the hands of this archangel because he has, he has this task of transmitting the most important of all the messages, which is the, the reality of, of the Incarnation and that the Incarnation is a supreme sign of the Omnipotent Father. He had, a, he had an important message to transmit. 
And it was a message, meaning it had to be understood. There had to be some form of dialogue, some form of explanation. He had to be in pretty good terms with Mary so that she would understand the value of this message. He wasn't just sending an email here or a text with an emoji. And so for centuries, there was preparation for this momentous event of the Annunciation. And it was all entrusted to Gabriel. Imagine the nerves <laughs> St. Gabriel must have had. He's given this most serious, this most joyful, most impactful of all messages. The truth that God wanted us to know, on the one hand, about the reality of the Incarnation, but also, on the other hand, the, the truth about our Blessed Mother's vocation. And as a result, our vocation as well. And, and so he is entrusted with this tremendous, tremendous message. A message to humanity, a message to Mary. It was a precious moment in which she came to click. She came to understand fully her vocation, her purpose, the meaning of her life. And that is why as we address St. Gabriel now, this angel who is present with us, I mean, God is present with us now, God the Father, but somehow Gabriel is playing his role now for us to understand what we have to understand right now, in part, I suppose, about the Incarnation itself and its great value, which we're coming, learning to prepare at Christmas or, or at least re reawaken within us at Christmas, but also... The, the grandeur of the fact that we have a divine vocation. And having a close, close relationship to Gabriel, that we relive every day when we say the Angelus, we don't even mention we say the Angelus, but that's Gabriel's, that's, that, that was Gabriel. So that we can, maybe, maybe one of the reasons we're, we do the, the Angelus is so that we can kind of understand more deeply the ongoing nature of our call. That's why we, we, every day, we, some people say the angels at noon and at six o'clock. And the bells toll in, in, in villages. In other words, it's not simply that we're remembering something that happened centuries ago. It continues to happen now. And somehow, Gabriel is interceding as an angel for a yes a fiat, like Our Ladies. Not simply to seek out a com comfortable plot of land or, I don't know, to, to live our life. The Word was made flesh, we say, right? The Word incarnate. But it is not finished. He needs to, uh, he needs to be shown in my behavior, in, in my, my words. He needs to be seen in my act of fidelity now. So as we're praying about Gabriel, let us start, I would say this, let us start probably with what, what Our Lady did upon seeing the angel and that dialogue that ensued and that, that exchange, that conversation, you could say that happened. Let us start right now in the presence of God. Let us give thanks for this amazing message where this connection was made. 
And uh, maybe, maybe it was, uh, you know, in our vocation, it was Michael that was involved. Uh, St. Gabriel was involved, I suppose, but, uh, well, he was involved in the incarnation, of course. But, but maybe in our vocation, we came to know that we should be numeraries. Well, maybe it was St. Michael. But maybe for those who are open to marriage, maybe it was St. Gabriel. I don't know. But uh, we should give thanks to God that the connection took place. And feel privileged for this call. The other day I was listening to this um, podcast, 10 Minutes with Jesus, in the Spanish uh, version. And um, they, he told the story of a Sicilian assistant numerary in 1957. Now, he didn't know her name, but she, at the age of 18 or something, became assistant numerary. And apparently, very shortly after that, was diagnosed with a very, very serious form of cancer, terminal cancer. And she had to go to, uh, to Rome to be, uh, you know, treated in a hospital. And her parents were too poor to go and accompany her, so they had to stay in Sicily. In those days, you know, it was more difficult to travel and so forth. So no sooner had our father heard about this, that he went to visit her with uh, Don Alvaro in the, in the hospital. And he entered, and she was like, you know, there in the hospital bed there. And, but she looked, she looked very cheerful. And she had like a, like a serious cancer, and she was going to die. And, and she was cheerful. And he said, my daughter, how come you're so, you seem to be cheerful and happy and joyful? And she said, well, I'm very cheerful because I am thankful to God that he has chosen me, and I am just, she said, sono soltanto una mezza calzetta, which, well, translated means, I'm just a, I'm just a half stocking, you know, like a calzetta is like calcetin, as we say in Spanish, you know, it's like, I'm just a, you know, imagine just having one stocking, what are you going to do with one stocking? I mean, you need two, you know, but, you know, like you put them in the laundry, sometimes you you have an uneven number because you've lost one, you know, well, that other one is pretty useless. You know? But she said, I'm just a half stocking or a, or a stocking, just one stocking, not two, you know. And that's why she was joyful. She was so thankful that God had chosen her for the work. And of course, when her father heard this, he, he, he became so moved. He couldn't, he couldn't continue with her. He had to turn away. He looked towards the window to pretend, uh, whatever, to look out the window so he, he couldn't see, she couldn't see that he was beginning to break up. And uh, he, he gave her a blessing. He turned and spoke to her a little while longer. And then finally, he made it, he made it out of that room and just like, you know, the tears came, came flowing, you know, uh, you know, to his heart's content, so to speak. I mean, and she died, uh, I don't know if it was a few days or a few weeks later, but very shortly after she, she passed away. But he was so happy to, that, that one of his daughters had understood and been so thankful for the beauty of a vocation that she had received from God. And so we should be thankful too. And our angel, Gabriel, or the angel Gabriel, no doubt was very thankful for that that task that he had. So, for him to have been successful, you could say, he must have been a master communicator. 
And we can ask, well, how am I in my communication, in my dialogue with others? Since Gabriel achieved the greatest and most important dialogue of all time with the Blessed Virgin Mary, maybe he can help us in the way we speak with others, the way we listen to others. And, uh, I mean, he was quite powerful when he spoke to Zachariah, or, or Zachary, I never know which Zachariah or Zachary, but, and he had to make it clear, you know, you're going to be mute from now on. Well, until, until he accepted or, you know, chose the name of John. Because it's, it's as though he had suggested a lack of confidence in God, a lack of trust in, in his emissary. How do I, how do I dialogue? How do I listen to others? Some of you receive chats or spiritual direction. Perhaps... Uh, a good uh, image that you no doubt some of you are familiar with is the image or the analogy that uh, Stephen Covey used to give about the emotional bank account. Emotional bank account. The emotional bank account is an account of trust instead of money. It's an account based on how safe you feel with another person. How safe you feel with another person. And Maybe since Gabriel must be familiar to us, well, we could apply it to him too. But the idea would be to, to see if we can, in, in order to improve our relations with others, those who are with us on a daily basis especially, but also those we see more less regularly, but, but it would be to make deposits. Just in the way you make deposits so that as you make a deposit, you get richer. That's the principle of a, of a bank account. You make deposits, you get richer. You make withdrawals, you get poor, or you get less amount. So we can make deposits in the way we speak, in your tone, in your eye contact. You can make withdrawals through sarcasm. You can make a withdrawal just with the rolling of your eyes. You can make a deposit just when you drop everything for the other. You put away your phone and you listen. That's why it's so good that we don't, we try not to look at our, our phones during meals or get-togethers, uh, even though, yeah, we could get some information out of that that might be useful, but... Now, Gabriel, did Gabriel have eye contact with Mary? Well... Angels are not uh, physical beings. They don't have long flowing hair and, and a nice uh, effeminate looking face. Uh, there's a famous painting by an American painter, Henry Osawa Tanner, from the 19th century. He, he painted a famous painting called The Annunciation after he came back from, uh, from a trip to the Holy Land. It was a rather unconventional painting and it shows the moment in which Our Lady, you know, receives the the uh, the appearance of angel, but uh, of Gabriel. But um, she is dressed; she's like an adolescent, dressed in this kind of rumpled Middle Eastern peasant clothing, and she's cowering in the corner. And there, in front of her, is this is this kind of uh, shaft of light. It's not, a, it's not a figure that we know typically, you know, an angel pointing as we know in the Renaissance or, in the, in the, or before that. 
She's cowering in the corner, frightened by a shaft of light. Well, maybe it was like that. I mean, I wasn't there. There was nobody to take a... Nobody had a phone to, to, to film it, you know, but... Uh, but whatever it was, it was a really effective dialogue. I don't know if you can that dialogue with a shaft of light, but um, we are not shafts of light that give information. We are, we are men with faces and eyes and hands. And we can make deposits in the way we just listen to others. We nod our head and we say, oh, that's true, oh, yeah, yeah. How often do I make a deposit and thereby I'm richer with the individual and he's richer with me? Like a bank account, like an emotional bank account. Or, or for example, understanding the individual. To understand the other, it means we have to listen. Sometimes we have to listen intently to the person and uh, empathizing with what they feel. Maybe they're telling us about something they're suffering or a hardship they've had. We have to empathize. That is, we have to listen and understand it intellectually, but we have to suffer with them in some way. And, uh, and we, can, we can do this also by simple acts of kindness, Maybe we could just listen to the angel Gabriel every time you say the Angelus. After all, he had such a great, uh, momentous uh, message to transmit. And people we talk to, supernumeraries, uh, the numeraries themselves, uh, they have a wide range of life situations, circumstances, some of them with struggles in their family, with their you know, with their marriages, challenges, uh, financial difficulties, uh, intellectual ability. There's just, as we know, there's a wide range. So we can ask Gabriel, the fortitude of God, the strength of God, to help us listen to, to that message and not return with, an, with a generic, one-size-fits-all response. There are, there are different kinds of clothing. You've got extra small, small, medium, large, extra large. I remember some years ago, um, I traveled to Kingston and I had forgotten my pajamas and I, I just needed pajamas. So I needed them anyway, so I went to a local store and uh, it said, clearance, clearance, all items, uh, whatever, 50%, I forget what it was. And there was a big bin, and it said pajamas. And I said, oh, great, that's exactly what I need. And they were really cheap, so that's what I need, pajamas. So I go through the pajamas, and, uh, but of course, they're all, in a, you know, they're all folded up, so you can't really, obviously, you're not going to try on pajamas in the store, right? So, <laughs> but then it said, it said, they all said, every single one of them said XXL. You know? <laughs> and so I said, Normally you have XL, M, S, uh, but they were all XXL. So I had I put myself the idea that maybe this is like the brand or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> and uh, I turned to the to the guy and I said, 
do you think this would fit me? And he said, no, at all. So I would have been, you know, a huge... Uh, so, of course, I didn't buy those, thank God. You know, it would have been uh, way too big, you know. So, you know, there's all, there are... But there are some people that fit that XXL, right? So, and we have to... We have to be conscious. There are, there are different needs. One size does not fit all. And we will really get rich in their eyes. They will think, this guy is listening to me. He's paying attention to me. He may not have the miracle solutions. We may not know perfectly what to do. But we will have empathy. We will listen. And they will know that we are tired, but we still pay attention and we still care. They can see, you know, whether it's the bags on our eyes or I don't know, but the, for us, each person is like, it's like Gabriel seeing Mary. Each person is the most important person ever. That is a huge emotional deposit, we could say, that we make. And we become richer, and they are enriched. How rich our Blessed Mother became after the angel departed. And how rich the angel, I don't know, I guess angels don't get richer. They just stay the way they are, I guess. I don't know, but, uh, but Our Lady was enriched. Understanding. And then I would say, keeping commitments. You know, how do you feel when someone arrives right on time or just a few minutes late when you have a meeting or something, a means of formation? Or how about when people simply do what they say and they do it? They, 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 they're told, okay, I'll do this, and they do it. There too, we build up emotional reserves just by keeping our commitments to others, to, the, to our brothers in the center. So we can ask Gabriel, that a powerful messenger, to help us keep our commitments to God, to others, to ourselves. Keep our commitments to the apostolate, to those around us. Keep our commitments to the plan of life. Today we're living that commitment of doing a recollection every day, every, every day, every month. To live our, our, the norms of the plan of life. Maybe there are days we're very busy, we have lots of things, and we don't always live our commitments to the plan of life. So now, Gabriel, help, us, help me to be strong. He came, after all, to, in the fullness of time, right? He came in the fullness of time. The high point in the history of salvation. And all the choirs of angels were watching for the response of Our Lady. St. Bernard of Clairvaux has a beautiful homily, a wonderful homily, in which he gives an account of that precious moment, like that key moment in which Gabriel spoke the words to our Blessed Mother and how he was waiting for an answer. He says, uh, Bernard of Clairvaux says, the angel awaits an answer. It is time for him to return to God who sent him. We, too, are waiting. Our Lady, for your word, we are waiting for your word of compassion. The sentence of condemnation weighs heavily upon us. 
The price of our salvation is offered to you. We shall be set free at once if you consent. In the eternal word of God, we all came to be, and behold, we die. In your brief response, we are to be remade in order to be recalled to life. And as he goes through the homily, he just imagines himself just waiting for her answer, and then he imagines uh, Adam, who's just begging for an answer because he's stuck there in in limbo, Abraham and, and David too, and the patriarchs, of course, David, she was in the line of David, and Isaiah had prophesied that she, she in, in, in his line, would be the virgin that would give birth to the Savior. And they're all there waiting for that simple word. He says, answer quickly, O virgin, reply in haste to the angel, or rather, through the angel, to the Lord. Answer with a word, receive the word of God, speak your own word, conceive the divine word, breathe a passing word, embrace the eternal word. Why do you delay? Why are you afraid? She said, he says. So just, you know, breathing that word like Our Lady did, thanks to the prompting of Gabriel, will Will, will enrich in, or render us much richer in our deposits. We ask this of our Blessed Mother, who will intercede for us, of course. We can do so by just attending to little things. As, as we do that, we get richer. Just show respect for others, small kindnesses, a smile. Just uh, doing those little things we don't have to do, put things away, uh, and also, of course, apologizing up front for the little withdrawals, the mistakes that we have committed that may be part of life, where we maybe have violated somebody's trust. Apologizing. We shouldn't be the type of people that people have to walk on eggshells when they come near to us, lest we be offended. We need a, a rich bank account, an emotional bank account, ourselves, with God and others. St. Gabriel, the Archangel, who transmitted such a fundamental message, will intercede for us so we get richer together with our Blessed Mother. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you've communicated to me in this meditation. I ask you all to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel intercede for me.